Um, okay, we're going to read the Bible and then we're going we're to have uh, Pastor Daniel uh, open up, unpack the word for us today. Um, we got Pastor Daniel's got a brand new mic set up in his room, so hopefully his audio will be uh, <laughs> will be crystal clear. Um, and apparently he's got his camera set up in a way that he, it looks like he's looking at us today. So there's lots of things going on today, guys. Um, but uh, let's get our Bibles open. We're in the book of Mark. We've been uh, going through a series in Mark. Um, and yeah, so if you guys have missed any of those, go back to our, our podcast or our website and you should be able to find them. Uh, we're in chapter four today, continuing on. And the passage for today is verse 26 to 32. Mark chapter four, verse 26 to 32. I'll be reading from the ESV version. And just a reminder to everybody, as we read this, this is the word of God. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Verse 30, and he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Amen. All right, good morning, everyone. Um, thankful that we can gather like this, even though this is um, obviously not the uh, best of uh, ways that we can gather together as a church. But nevertheless, um, like Peter said in the beginning, uh, God is still good and God is still great and he's still in charge. So, um, yeah, encourage you guys to uh, keep uh, fighting the fight and keep bearing with uh, the situation that we are uh, trudging through. Um, like Peter said, um, I bought a, a little mic that would help me um, to uh, preach to you guys, but it's probably not the reason. Um, the reason why I bought it was, um, I don't know about you guys, but during lockdown, something uh, really deep, deeply sinful in me um, forces me and encourages me and leads me to buy uh, things that aren't necessarily uh, useful. Um, so um, yeah, if you're like that, then um, you are among friends. Um, uh, before I begin, um, like always, I always uh, like to ask God for some help because without God, um, I can't do much uh, for the next 30 minutes. So uh, join me as I, I quickly uh, pray for us. Uh, most gracious and loving Father, uh, we know that you are Lord of all and sovereign uh, over all uh, situations, great and small. Uh, Father, we know that your word is powerful, that it cuts us to the marrow. Uh, that it reveals uh, parts of our lives and our hearts that need to be exposed so that you might uh, shine light uh, on it. Uh, Father, I pray that you might do that very thing this morning. I pray that uh, the things that we don't know, Lord, would you teach us? And uh, Father, if we do not feel the things that we ought to feel, uh, Lord, would you, through your spirit, move in us? And if we are not in, uh, living in a way that is pleasing to you, Father, I pray that through your spirit, by your word, uh, would you make us, uh, through Jesus, I pray. Amen. 
Uh, I don't know whether uh, your parents did this when growing up, uh, but my parents had this um, sort of thin uh, wall next to the kitchen, kind of like uh, the wall that's next to me here. And my parents, um, it's normally uh, would be my dad, uh, he would have me uh, stand with my back against the wall uh, and mark with a thin pencil uh, how tall I was uh, every uh, time uh, I, I, every time it was my birthday, essentially. Um, and every year uh, we would do the same thing. And uh, sure enough, uh, every time we measured how tall I was, uh, little by little, uh, I noticed that uh, I was growing little by little uh, every single time. Uh, when I turned, you know, six, I grew a little. Uh, when I turned seven, I grew a little. You know, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, uh, and then, you know, puberty hit and I grew a little bit more uh, than usual, uh, fifteen, sixteen, uh, and then uh, some of you guys might have continued to grow, but um, I kind of peaked at that stage and I, I hit uh, 168 centimeters or 171 if I'm wearing my uh, Doc Martin boots. Um, it wasn't something that I noticed uh, every day. It wasn't something that I noticed day to day. It's not like we can actually see ourselves uh, getting taller uh, in real time. But what that exercise reminds me of is that physical growth in the body was slow to notice in real time, but unmistakably certain, at least up to when I was 16. Uh, I started off small, but I grew taller and taller, and it was unmistakably seen. Uh, maybe you remember your parents doing something similar growing up, or maybe you're a parent now and you do that with your children even today. You see, growing up is hardly noticed by the person doing the actual growing, at least on a day-to-day -day basis. But as people sometimes say, hindsight is always a 2020 vision. See, looking back on our own physical growth, uh, as we look back at our old uh, baby photos and childhood photos, isn't it remarkable that people change? They, they grow taller, uh, they grow bigger, and uh, depending on your eating habits or whether, and whether or not your metabolism is failing you, uh, a little bit uh, rounder than before, uh, at least that is the case uh, for me. Um, you see, even on a, a mental level, it's hard to notice at the time that we are actually growing. But looking back, we do grow, even in those areas. See, see, we are a little bit smarter than we were before. Uh, we are a little bit wiser, hopefully, uh, than we were before. Growing is what people do to varying degrees. Excuse me. Uh, all of us now are different to, let's say, the 10-year-old versions of ourselves. Growth is often slow, but it is unmistakably certain. Growth often starts small, but is unmistakably seen. We know this to be true of us physically and mentally. So we shouldn't be all that surprised then to hear that it is also the case for us spiritually. So today I want to draw our attention uh, to not our physical or mental growth, but our spiritual growth. Uh, in our passage today, Jesus teaches two very important lessons of spiritual growth in two parables. 
which will also be, um, simply put, the two points I have for us today. So if you're a, a note taker, these are the two points. Number one, it is often slow, but unmistakably certain. It is often slow, but unmistakably certain. Number two, it often starts small, but is unmistakably seen. All right, so let's jump right into it. Uh, the first point, point is from verses 26 to 29. Jesus picks it up where he left things off from the parable of the sower. So this whole uh, uh, sort of two weeks from last week to this week, this is Jesus. This is one sermon that Jesus is, uh, in essence, preaching. Um, so he picks up uh, things where he left off and he keeps the analogy of the seed going here. So, so have that mindset ready. Uh, he's talking about seeds. Uh, so let's look at verse 26. And Jesus said, uh, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. The kingdom of God. So, so just so we're clear, when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, at least at the time, it wasn't what the people who were hearing it were expecting it to mean. They were thinking of kingdom of God, literal kingdom, a literal country that God will bring, that they could see. Uh, we don't find uh, uh, so much clarity about this kingdom uh, in the Gospel of Mark, but we do find it in another Gospel, uh, the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Jesus says uh, to his disciples, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is not there, is not here, but is within you. That's Luke uh, 17, 21 to 20, uh, 20 to 21. Luke uh, 17, 20 to 21. So bluntly put, the kingdom of God is where God rules and reigns. And Jesus here claims that it begins in the hearts of his followers, within us. Jesus is speaking about spiritual growth. At least in this context, whenever Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, he's referring to spiritual growth. The inward growth of believers in their trust of God, in their affection towards God, in their obedience to God. God's kingdom growth within God's people and how it grows, Jesus says, is not unlike how seed grows when a farmer plants in the ground. Let's continue on in verse 27. The farmer, uh, he sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. See, spiritual growth in a believer is not something that we tend to notice on a day-to-day -day basis. See, like a farmer who plants his seeds and sleeps, wakes up day by day, day after day, we don't see the actual growth happening when the so-called seed of God's rule and reign is in the ground of our hearts. Put it this way, if a farmer kept checking in the place that the seed was planted every single day and expect there to be a plant fully grown, then the farmer would day by day probably be very disappointed. And let's be honest, he probably should find another job because he wouldn't be a good farmer. See, of course, before I sort of unpack this point, uh, 
let me be clear that there are extraordinary times when God gives us, in His abundant grace, moments, moments of incredible and immediate growth in our faith. I've experienced it. You've probably experienced it if you've been walking with the Lord for a while now. There are those times. But but let me also be clear uh, on this. These times are, well, extraordinary. They're not ordinary. They're not meant to happen on a day-to-day basis. And besides that, I, I know sometimes we can get frustrated at how little progress we seem to make in our spiritual growth. You know, we, we, we want our habit, habitual sins uh, to be broken immediately, to have temptations that we struggle through, to somehow disappear overnight after praying a prayer at night. Put it this way, we, we want to cook our spiritual maturity in a microwave, not knowing that this is not the way that we are meant to cook this dish. See, when I was a little bit younger, I remember, this is so stupid, I remember trying to cook a, uh, a slab of steak in the microwave because I was a little bit scared of turning on the, uh, uh, the barbecue outside. I thought, hey, great idea. Uh, spoiler alert, it didn't taste well, um, and I don't recommend doing that. Um, see, God works growth in our hearts slowly. It's more appropriate in a slow cooker than a microwave a slow cooker than a microwave. Brothers and sisters, do do not be discouraged at the current speed of your spiritual growth. God is still working in the soil of our hearts. See, by God's grace we are saved, and by this same grace we grow. Millimeter by millimeter, day by day, in the moment we may not notice it. But just because growth is not happening at the speed at which we are wanting it to grow, it does not mean it is not happening. If God's kingdom is in you, in other words, if you have given over your life to Jesus and faithfully, day by day, seek to serve him as king, his kingdom is slowly but surely growing. Speaking of surely, uh, let's read on in verse 28. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Underneath the soil, the farmer cannot see what's happening. But what he can be sure, Jesus says, is that the process of growth is surely at work even when it's not visible. First the blade, then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear, etc., etc. Like the farmer who trusts the process of plant growth, Christians can trust the process of spiritual growth. I'm reminded of uh, Paul's, the Apostle Paul's encouragement uh, to the Corinthian church when he says to them, Uh, I planted, Apollos, another fellow, watered, but God gave the growth. God gave the growth. God will and is growing your faith. Because God is doing it 
and not us. That is why we have a degree of certainty in the matter. See, the analogy of the farmer growing a crop points us to how the natural process of farming guarantees the crop growing. Spiritual growth is guaranteed in the same way that a crop grows because of the natural process of spiritual growth. Yes, there is a role that we play. It's not like we can just veg out on the couch and expect God to grow us into mature Christians. We work to plant the seed of spiritual growth. We water it day by day, just like a farmer does. But think of it like this. Who gives us the actual growth? How can we be sure that growth will actually happen? Well, I've said it before, and let me say it again, just to drive the point clear, because God is the force behind the growth. See, here then is the challenge for us. Uh, Pastor John Piper says, because you can't have a good sermon without quoting Piper, uh, he says that God is always doing 10,000 things in your life. And you may be aware of three of them. The fact that God is growing us and will mature us is all but guaranteed. The only question for us is this. Are we prepared to recognize it? Are we prepared to recognize the areas, the 10,000 ways that God is, even now, as we listen to this talk, working in us, through us, growing in us? Kingdom growth is slow, but kingdom growth is certain. Of course, there are moments, like I said before, when we experience seasons of unprecedented growth and praise God that he gives us these extraordinary moments of victory. But, but the, uh, the, the general principle is that growth is a day-to-day -day exercise. It's a slow burn. It's slow, but certain as a seed growing in the soil. See, notice that there is not much a farmer actually does here. He doesn't make the seed grow with sheer force of will. He doesn't pour, it, pour, pour the uh, soil with chemicals to artificially uh, make it grow like maybe modern farming methods, uh, unsustainable farming methods, should I say, uh, sometimes might involve. Uh, he does only two things. He plants the seed and he trusts the process. He, he plants the seed and he trusts the process. Likewise, Jesus doesn't call on his disciples to manufacture spiritual growth with their own grit and strength. He simply calls them to receive the seed of God's good news of the kingdom and to trust the process of its growth. Friends, if you have believed on the Lord Jesus, that he has brought, that if you believe that God has brought his rule and reign into your life through Jesus, and if you have wholeheartedly declared your commitment to the Lord Jesus, if you have said, my life, Lord, my heart, Lord, my everything, Lord, it is for you and your kingdom. If you have said that, I believe many of us have, then you've already done the first part. You've already got the seed of spiritual growth planted in your soil. So then what shall we do? Well, trust the process. God is growing that seed of his kingdom in you. You are even now spiritually growing. Maturity is ongoing. He is at work in your life. Like the farmer, uh, we, we sometimes might not know precisely how that is happening, right? The passage says, the farmer knows not how this is happening. 
But like the farmer, we, sh we, we should trust the process. Tr trust in God. There are times in our faith, more often than not, than, uh, uh, where we feel stuck, uh, where we feel that progress seems to have stalled, uh, where we seem to be sort of running around in, in circles. Friend, even then God is still at work. It may be slow. There is no doubt. At the end of the day, though, we have absolute certainty that growth is happening. Trust the process. For the farmer, he trusts in the process of nature. And for him, that alone is enough for him to sleep and wake without much worry. For us as Christians, it is God who is behind the process. The one who created nature and wrote the rules of it himself. That's my encouragement to you guys for the first point. Let's move on to the second. Looking at verses 30 to 32. Let me read it out. And Jesus said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground, it is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Okay, the previous parable focused on the process of growth, right? It's the process of growth that the seed of God's kingdom goes through, uh, slow but certain. This parable focuses on a different aspect, the size of the seed and the sight of its final result. Size and sight. Um, I was actually going to um, go out and buy like a mustard seed to show you how small it was, but I thought to myself, oh, it's probably not an essential thing to do. And also you can only buy like massive bags of mustard seeds and you know, what am I going to do with a million mustard seeds? So um, it's, it's about a millimeter in length, guys, if you want kind of like a picture um, in your mind. But in any case, um, this parable, can be understood in two different ways. There are two ways of understanding this lesson. The first is to look at it as an outward growth of God's rule and reign into the world itself. And let me just be clear, this is a legitimate and good way to understand what Jesus is saying here. So like a small little millimeter long seed, God's kingdom begins with Jesus, right? Who was Jesus? I mean, we think we know that he is God in the flesh, but but at the time he was broke, working class from the working class, right? He was a carpenter. He was a religious teacher with little teaching. And at the end of the day, uh, and his um, tenure and his ministry lasted about three years. At the end of his life, he likely had two followers and maybe his mom's friends at the time of his death. Even before that, he really only had maybe a hundred or so followers. Think of it now. This Jesus, this Jesus movement has now grown into a global worldwide movement. Whereas believers are not 12 Jews 
but there are millions and millions and millions of people from different backgrounds and cultures. And even now it continues to grow. I mean, nobody, I mean, nobody, not even the disciples at the time would have ever dreamed of God's kingdom being what it is today. And for us, even we cannot begin to imagine what it will be like in the future. But it is the second way of looking at this parable that I want us to focus in on. Not so much the outward growth of God's kingdom, but of the inward growth of his rule and reign in our hearts and lives. The inward growth of his rule and reign. The growth of God's influence through the small mustard seed sized acts of obedience from his people. So, like I said, the mustard seed, it's about a, a millimeter long in length. It's one of the smallest seeds that we know of and was most certainly the smallest seed that the people hearing Jesus at the time were familiar with. Now, hearing this today, we don't really feel the shock of the statement. I'd imagine that as, we, as uh, Peter read the passage, none of us really felt shock when he read uh, the phrase, the kingdom of God like, is like a mustard seed. So let me try and help us at least get some sense of it. Okay, uh, imagine, let's use our imagination here. Imagine if God in the flesh came to Sydney in 2021. Imagine if you had followed him and you'd seen him do unimaginable things. Imagine if th there was a guy who said he was God in the flesh and he started healing all kinds of diseases and ailments that he would just with the touch of his hand heal the most aggressive of cancers. Uh, he would come and, and raise your dead relative from the grave. I mean, that's kind of freaky, but, but you get the point. On the back of this, he declares that he has come to bring God's kingdom to earth. See, most of us would expect huge things from this guy. For this person to fix everything wrong in the world, and there are many things wrong in the world, right? For him to punish evil justly and to restore good to reverse injustice and, and make everything right. We, we might have these lofty expectations. And then one day, all of a sudden, he kind of comes to you and says, did you know that my kingdom, it's kind of like a mustard seed. Wouldn't that just sound a little bit strange? I mean, I certainly would think so. See, this Jesus who said, that the kingdom of God is at hand, that God is going to do some amazing thing uh, in his people who did unimaginable things, suddenly says that his kingdom is the size of a mustard seed. So, so what do we make of this? How is God's very own kingdom on earth compared to something as insignificant and small as this seed? Well, Jesus is saying that the rule and reign of God in the hearts of believers the rule and reign of God in the hearts of believers starts in even the smallest acts of love and obedience. You know, we sometimes tend to think, I know I do, 
that we are doing great spiritually. Uh, if you've been involved in church ministry or, or you're involved in growth groups at all, that's probably a, a fairly regular question that you get asked. How are you going spiritually? Uh, more often than not, uh, if it's out of you know, a scale of 1 to 10, we, we kind of hover around the 5 to 6 mark. Uh, we rarely uh, are consistently at the 9 to 10s, right? But what determines that feeling of doing great spiritually? Well, when we feel like we are on, uh, for a lack of a better term, a holiness cloud nine, um, if I can be a little bit crass, if we're on a little bit of a holiness high, um, when we're easily able to do great things for God, when we're called to forgive that person who's wronged us, and it's really easy to do it. When reconciliation with a uh, friend happens overnight, or maybe when we are at, you know, day uh, 350 of our 365-day Bible reading plan, right? We, we, we feel that. And, and I'm not having a go at people in that space. I think that's great. Um, if you're in that space, keep on running. Keep on uh, doing what you're doing. Keep fighting the battle. But let me speak to those who are not in that space. Isn't it all too often that we feel like we're not doing great spiritually? when I haven't read the Bible or prayed properly, when I haven't been able to forgive or to love unconditionally, etc. It is to those of us who are in this spiritual headspace that the Lord Jesus speaks to. God's kingdom is within you. Not only when we do great things for God, but in the smallest things, in the smallest act of obedience, in the smallest cry of prayer, in the smallest sigh of trust in God. The, the mustard seed size act of obedience, prayer and faith is God's kingdom working in and through you. I'm sure that most, if not all of us, are feeling uh, to varying degrees uh, the mental and, and spiritual challenges we are facing as we you know, endure this lockdown. I don't know about you guys, but I personally feel a sense that I am definitely not growing as fast as I want spiritually. That I am not definitely growing spiritually in the way that I want through uh, this uh, season. Uh, perhaps you feel the same way. Perhaps you kind of relate to what I'm uh, talking about. But it is in these words of Jesus describing the vast and powerful kingdom of God himself, beginning with the size of a mustard seed, that I find incredible comfort in. See, spiritual growth is present in the smallest act of obedience, in the smallest whisper of genuine prayer. In reading, a, not, not a, not, Four, paragraph, uh, four chapters of the scriptures, but maybe just a, a, fa a paragraph or maybe just a phrase. In praying a, a genuine sentence during isolation, not, not a, not a two-hour prayer session necessarily, but, but a sentence of genuine affection and desperation towards God. Maybe in a, in a simple text message of love towards a, a friend or a brother or sister in our church. These mustard seed sized things 
uh, proves that we are growing spiritually, even when we might not feel it as much. The smallest act of love. Uh, this happened uh, uh, actually uh, this week uh, of um, uh, my growth group. Um, just randomly, uh, one person sending just a, a small little care package with some tea and an encouraging note with a Bible passage. You know that 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 created a, a huge wave of text messages on the on the chat thread. Um, um, it was actually amazing to see. But that was a small act of love. But it was big proof to me and to all my growth group members that the kingdom of God was at work in and amongst us. See, your small acts of faith, your small acts of love and obedience are not little things that are of little importance. For in this parable, Jesus reminds us that little is great when God is at work. Little is great when God is at work. And speaking of the bigness of the kingdom of God, this is uh, where I'll land the plane, to, so to speak, tonight, uh, today in the morning. These small mustard seed acts of faith grow and ripple out into unmistakable displays of God's kingdom in the world. So one of the reasons why Jesus says to his disciples that the kingdom of God is within them is that the world sees God's rule and reign, not externally in, you know, castles and big cities and so on, but in the lives of those who say that they follow Jesus. That is how the world sees the bigness of God's rule and reign. Charles Spurgeon, great preacher, once said, The Bible is not the light of the world. The Bible is the light of the church. But the world does not read the Bible. The world reads Christians. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. Spiritual growth is meant to be shown. Yes, it is often slow in its development, but it is certain in its growth. Yes, it is often small in its deeds, but it is most definitely seen by those around us. Like the mustard seed that grows into a fat little bush, or not even a little, a fat big bush. Spiritual growth in Christians, even when it begins with small acts of faith, even when it is just a simple phone call to a friend that is struggling, the, the loving comments that we make towards our family when it's day 17 of lockdown and you're kind of sick and tired of having dinner with them. And, and you know, even in the midst of that, saying that loving comment, being patient, these things have a ripple effect in demonstrating God's rule and reign to the world around us. Let's say it a little bit differently. Christian spiritual growth produces spiritual outgrowth into the people around us. Brothers and sisters, do you really trust in uh, do you really trust in Jesus? Is he really your Lord? Does God really have rule and reign over and in your lives? If the answer was yes, then let it show. Let the kingdom of God show. The next two weeks, maybe. Honestly, in my opinion, probably longer, will be a challenging time for us. But God is still at work. 
his kingdom is still growing. It is definitely growing out there, yes. But it is most certainly growing in here. Underneath the soil of our own hearts. We don't know precisely how, but we can trust that he is growing his rule and reign. Even in the smallest acts of obedience and love, this will have an effect. An effect that we don't know what it looks like at the time, maybe, but, but God can take something as small as a mustard seed and grow it into a bush that is bigger than any other. Surely he can use your phone call or text message or care package or whatever it might be to make a world of a difference in the hearts of struggling brothers and sisters in our church. Just as the small acts of 12 people who lived in a remote part of the world 2000 years ago has eventually produced a living hope for millions and millions of people all across the globe who has produced a living hope in you. My encouragement to us is to live out our God's rule and reign. Now walk in your spiritual growth, turn it into spiritual outgrowth so that we might show one another what the kingdom of God looks like. That's my challenge and encouragement to you all.